Hello everyone, it is Friday night and it is weekender time once more. On this week's show we have a monumental amount of news for Warhammer 40,000 as it enters its 36th year on the planet. Ooh. Uh, on top of all the usual indies, kickstarters that you come to know and love, we are also giving away a massive bundle of Flames of War to one lucky subscriber. If you are interested in getting stuck into the British in the Bulge, we have a starter set, a Flames of War British Bulge book, the unit cards and the command cards, everything you need to start from store.ontabletop.com. To be with a chance to win, you need to pop a comment below. And if you can give us a like and share us around as well, that would be terrific. Otherwise, sit back and relax. We've got a lot to get through and your weekend starts here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm joined this week by Brother Lloyd. Hello, Papes. The delightful Benjamino. And the Tank God, John. Oh, Tank God. <laughs> he comes, and where he comes, you know, tanks will soon follow. Or in this case, be available as a massive bundly prize as well. Yes, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's clearly, it's, clearly it's the John effect kicking in there. <laughs> Uh, we are going to be kicking things off, as always, with the end of the week. But before we get into that, we have a whole host of war crew-like things coming from Corvus Belly next Tuesday. Yes. Uh, so they yeah. will be launching War Crew, their um, first exploration into fantasy uh, with the War Crew Adventures, which is a dungeon crawler. It's coming to Kickstarter. Uh, there are a dose of videos that have been filmed with myself and uh, along with Carlos and Killian. Uh, they were also around. Uh, so you'll be able to see Let's Plays. There'll be chats about the characters, the world it inhabits, uh, and all other good stuff like that. Also, there was a little sneaky bit of news just sort of tossed in as an aside going, you know, if you're fancy playing the full-on war game when it comes down the line next year, uh, then this is a great way to pick up a lot of the character models and some of the uh, monsters for the well, faction early. Cool. So, yeah. so they just went, yeah, as I said, yeah, it's also going to be a full war game, not just the dungeon crawler, but this is the, the sort of the first glimpse. So uh, yeah. you can keep an eye out for all of that coming to your television soon. If you missed it this week as well, by the way, uh, they did another video looking at some of the expansion content coming mm. in. So there's a little tease for that, but obviously we'll have more for you next week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and if you want to make sure that you know when it goes live, you can go over to Kickstarter and Hit click the on button. the little notify me on lunch <laughs> and uh, be fed all your War Crew adventuring news when that kicks off then. Uh, yeah, so a lot of fun. Uh, they made me narrate things. It's terrible. Like some sort of audible talking book, which is the worst. So if you like Jerry talking to you and sending you to sleep, in the evening, you now you sleep. can, that's, you can that's, happen that's all week. Good, now, so. Yeah. That's weird. Do they actually want to sell any copies? No, I don't, apparently not. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be like the producers. They're uh, they're looking for some way where they can just sink it, or they just get the money back. Uh, but anyway, right. So enough of war crew, and we shall move on to 
the indie of the week, and this week, Gringo. Uh, so Gringo's 40s is, as you might imagine, uh, a company that does a lot of 40 mil stuff. Uh, but annoyingly, I'm not going to look at the 40 mil stuff because I'm, I'm, argument stuff I'm anyway. argumentative <laughs> like that. Um, well, we might look at a few of the 40 mil stuff. Uh, uh, ignore uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> I was recently talking to one of our community members and they, they were doing a bit of um, Franco-Prussian war in 28s and they were talking about you know sizing for 40 mils and getting some Perry stuff uh, and and that led me to send them off to Gringos anyway and I'm thinking you know while we're here we've not really talked about what they do and as you can see down the side they do quite a bit so the first massive chunk is all 40 mil uh, which is obviously big good for skirmish games uh, probably unlikely to see many people play it uh, as far as a, a large game or large scale skirmish or mass battle game goes. Uh, but the 40 mil stuff is, you know, really, really nice. And if you're interested in picking up some pieces to paint, it's a good way of doing it. Um, some of the ranges are bigger than others, but that's the same for the 28 mil, uh, which we're going to be focusing on. But definitely if you've, if you've ever felt the urge to uh, paint a larger model, they have a whole host of them. Uh, so Mexican infantry, the Alamo, your, uh, Grenadiers, a lot of these are replicated in 28 mil as well. Some Napoleonic stuff, some Franco-Prussian bits and pieces. So there's just lots of interesting bits and pieces that you can sort of dive into and pick up if you just want to have a look at uh, some different figures in a larger scale. I think their Wild West stuff could be interesting because you don't need a lot of figures on the table if you want to play something just a bit bigger. Yes, yeah. Um, it's a good way of doing it if you fancy... Uh, playing something like Dead Man's Hand or whatever. And it's very good for convention games where it's sometimes difficult for people to see what's going on if you're trying to do it like a little display game. Yeah, and, unfortunately, and it only looks like they have four, though. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, that's what I'm saying. The ranges are varying in, in sizes, but, uh, you know, your wild, your wild West <laughs> can be combined with your Alamo and your Mexican infantry stuff to, you know, to, to mix and match it up if you want to go that way. Anyway, enough of the 40s of which they're named. If I actually scroll down a bit, you can see the big chunky bit of 28 mil that runs all the way here, uh, which is in many respects bigger. Um, and I've I've started picking out some interesting ones. So right off the bat, because we've been looking at a lot of stuff from uh, Mesoamerica recently, and there's a lot of companies sort of looking at conquistadors and, and that sort of thing. Um, I thought it'd be interesting to kick things off with what they have to offer with the Mayans, Aztecs, and your pre-Columbian. So if, you, uh, if you're if you interested in playing something uh, in Middle America and uh, kicking off in that regards, there's a really nice set of metals here that you can add into oh, wow. some of the, yeah. the plastics that we've been seeing from the likes of War Games Atlantic of late. Let's uh, just give that a round of applause. <laughs> Look how big that photo is. Oh, no, in many respects, I am absolutely gutted, but you know, you can't have everything. <laughs> some some of the pictures are very, very small in the other ones, so that'll make up for it later on. Oh, okay. There's a uh, atlatl, the, the spear thrower, uh, you know, when you need to get a bit of an extra range. And they're a really nice set of sculpts that uh, show you everything you need to see. 
Everything. Comes right at you. Yeah. Get, get, get just in the clippers. I got That's clubs, right. shields, and winkies. Yep. <laughs> but we also have uh, things like wooden oh, ones, cool. so you can do dioramas. Yeah. Or if you, again, if you're playing larger scale games, if you're playing like fantastic battles or um, uh, conflict at the world's end, there's another good skirmish game that's based on this sort of time period. You can do those. Your mind placed oh, wow. in a mask. Yeah. So. Well, you can have your rank and file in, in plastic if you need to get a lot of them onto the tabletop. Then you can add some of these metal wounded and character models to uh, start sort of supplementing your... And it looks like they're all one piece as well, I guess. Mm. Yeah, Mostly one piece or yeah. shield separate in some right. cases. Okay. Um, here we have mine carrying some grain. So if you need your baggage train, if you're playing something like a DBX system where you want baggage or if you're playing a scenario where you've got, uh, you know, get things off a, a table or objectives to be looted, They've got those as well. Spears by the dozen. It's all good. There's even another, um, oh, what's his name? The king. Montezuma. There's a Montezuma somewhere as well. You may see him popping up again. I may have already scrolled past, but the Mayan priestesses. Incredibly Amazing, feathered. I love that. Yeah. And that, I think, oh, there he is. There's, there's Montezuma. Montezuma. It's because he's an Aztec, not a Mayan, Jerry. Not Mayan. So. That'd be why. <laughs> yeah. Um, although, with his big I, paintbrush, look at him. I, I, I did. I did like the more spectacular headdress on on the other Monty Zimmer yes, yeah. previously. Yeah. But you know, Monty Zimmer's are good. Yeah. The armored Aztecs coming forward with their quilted sort of uh, cloth hide. Aztec duck warrior. <laughs> <laughs> He's quacking. Uh, oh my god! Uh, Thank you. I'm good night. But yeah, so oh we could spend ages going through all of these. Oh, look at that Aztec captain. Quick, look, just look at the captain. He's amazing. Right. Oh, that's amazing. That's, that's brilliant. And Ben spent. Apparently <laughs> 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 so. Uh, Pre-Columbian Indians as well, so a smaller range, but, you know, somebody about to get their head staved in with a massive Very much club. a smaller range. Yeah. yeah. But then a chief being carried around on a letter as well. It's always <laughs> good as well. More yeah. for that. And the Conquistadore to go up against them. Uh, this is quite nice yeah, because yeah. you've got a very small amount of cavalry, but full-on uh, quixotic with their uh, their armor. Those are lovely. I yeah. like the, the work on the horses is fantastic, mm. in particular. Yeah. Getting the proportions right for those is, is always can sometimes be tricky anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Toss away the cast spears, replace them with steel. You know it makes sense. <laughs> I'm just saying it makes 100% sense. Oh, yeah. wow. I love those. So, so, like I say, right off the bat, Mesoamerica and pre-Columbian, you know, conquistadors, 15th, 16th century, getting in there and being just complete, well. dun, being dun, dun. complete scumbags. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, they were complete scumbags. Look at him. Look at that face. Look like, at me. I'm a god. Yeah, sure, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I come. I take your stuff. I go home. Um, but... It's whenever you start going sort of beyond the familiar. Some of the ranges are, like I say, very, very small. Uh, other ones are quite interesting. So this is uh, Maximilian, uh, everybody's favorite uh, Mexican emperor. So I think he was actually Austrian, even though he was 
emperor of Mexico. Uh, but this a, would a, be a Mexican emperor. What the deuce? What? So, so yeah, this is... <laughs> is, this, is this is this the guy who to related to the Alamo? Yes, this this would be the, the oh, guy where all the okay. Mexicans went. You know what? We don't need Spain to rule over us, and we certainly don't need an Austrian emperor running the place. Right, <laughs> you jog on, son. Okay. Uh, and he went, why? Uh, but is it because we invaded uh, Texas to try and take it all back and I did such a piss poor job that you're all dead now? And he went, that is exactly why. Um, so you have a range of actual sort of uh, sort of irregular Mexicans. So could be guerrillas, could be just uh, peasant levy. And then you've got sort of more uniformed um, Mexicans that you would expect to see in that sort of... Uh, 19th century look. Yeah, that's it. When they're all lined up. Yeah. And again, fascinating. I, I really like the, the ranges that Gringo do because there's lots of little wars that are scattered all around the, the, the globe between the 19th century and the early 20th century and the interwar period. And Gringo's covers a lot of them. And if people are starting to get into things like blood and steel, where it covers a lot of that period and you don't need massive forces then you can you can play out these unusual uh areas i suppose more than anything else look at that bare chested and rolled trousers barefoot go team and a massive tash uh, and and that i think is really interesting because you start to look through them and you're going oh well what was the the ref war uh, which is listed later on. I think there's only one model in there, although we will look at him because he's a really nice model. Uh, and then you go and Google what Rift War was and then discover that um, it was uh, a sort of a engagement between the Bill Spanish and, and the French uh, in, in Morocco <laughs> over whether or not they would get a phone box that could take them to the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the Mexican troops are obviously there. Then you've got the French, the Austrians, the Belgians, the Contra guerrillas, um, and even some... Egyptian palace guard for the wow. Um Have a look at some Contras. Very good if you're playing Dead Man's Hand or, or oh. other Westerns, you know, if you because there are um, Mexican bandits and things like that. So if you. I love that dude. Oh, I mean, he knows, he's, he's, he's spectacular. Got the style. He's, yeah. he's, you know, Colonel Dupin. Um, but it's it's very, they're, they're very similar outfit to um, Suave as well from that sort of 1860s period so and even a little mule train get along little doggy bring my ammo and armaments up the hill because i've got people to shoot up here that's pretty neat stuff mm. yeah. um where should we go from there well we'll stick with the mexican uh revolution since since we're in that neck of the woods more or less. You've got things like the uh, Federale police. So this is into your interwar period. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, your yeah. Post-World War I, um, when, when a lot of nations that had been colonies started breaking free after the... Uh, Hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want our country back, please. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> What's that you say? You've spent f five to six years in a massive bog down war in Europe and you can't afford to keep your eye on us anymore. Right. In that case, it's time for you to go home. Yeah. Uh, and again, a period that, while I'm sure people in the area geographically will probably know a lot about it. Um, I thought most of it was one and done in the late 19th century. I didn't realize it had pushed on that far into 
um, the the twentieth century. So wow, yeah, Federales are quite nice. And there's a really nice feel. Mondragon, seventy five mil, which obviously is good for First World War as well. And here's uh, Panchovia. Oh no, don't spin! Yay! Very dashing fellow, yeah. wasn't he though? Yeah. And again, really um, interesting, interesting collection of figures that's off the beaten track from what a lot of war gamers will focus on. We get so bogged down in a massive conflict, and, and you know, and this happens all the time where you think um, Pershing. A man for whom a vehicle was named, um, but we think you know we think you can't get into a conflict unless it's gone on for years and there's loads of different troops and loads of different nations involved and blah 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 blah. Whereas the smaller, more focused little conflicts allows you to get a very small collection and play out pretty much the entirety of it. Some of these conflicts only lasted really? a year yeah. or maybe eight months. Yeah. You know, opium wars and and things like that. And it means you can have a, a, a small collection that allows you to play a wide variety of, of stuff and, and have it in its entirety without having to bankrupt yourself or fill up a, a second room. I was um, going to say as well, I, I guess another benefit of that as well is that if you are playing within that particular period and that's the focus of you, you and your friend's games hmm. at the time, even if your eye starts to wander within the range, well, it'll all be useful to what you're playing. Hmm. So even if you do go and pick up some little bits from another faction within that time period, well, maybe one of your friends is playing with it and you can sort of build things together and all that kind of thing as well. So it's a really nice way of looking at stuff. Yeah, I really like it, but it's the sort of thing that you end up buying two factions to get your mate to play with. Yeah, <laughs> please play this with me. <laughs> but, but again, I, I would say I don't mind that because if, if you're playing something like, and I'm, I'll default to Blood and Steel because interwar um, is a period that, and uh, and even the the sort of the late nineteenth century, they're not periods I generally play. So Blood and Steel is one of the first rule sets I've got my hands on. But the model count is so small that I could go, well, if we were to play the Mexican Revolution, I wouldn't mind, you know, picking up 50, 60 models aside and bam, you're done. Because that's that still gives you sub substantial to play Blood and Steel and have different unit compositions and, and loadouts as well. Um, without again, you know, having to to break the bag. I'd like to point out. Pricing-wise, for these metals, it's very, very good as well. Well, yeah, for a you character know, figure. For under, a character figure, under a tenner, is, a, is a fiver. Uh, yeah. Some of the infantry we've been looking at have been like £2, pounds, two twenty-five. You know, it's proper historic pricing, like it used mm. to be in the old days. I feel so nostalgic. Well, the website is from the old days as well, so... <laughs> I, I thought this was quite good. Well, no, it's everything is in the right and place, and it's, and it's really hard to not get lost. It's really hard to I, not get lost. I love, it, so it's I love the fact they've done Napoleon... Uh, on his imperial throne, doing his best From representation the, of Queen yeah. Victoria. <laughs> we are not abused. Yeah. I can brilliant. see Lloyd's face. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again, even within this, which is obviously a conflict you know, period that a lot of people know. The only way, the only reason that portrait exists is because the time bandits convinced yes. them to do it. That is true. Yeah. If, if, I hadn't, history. History. <laughs> if I hadn't been for them, we'd never have seen it. But again, even though this is a relatively small collection uh, of a larger period, it's not massively pushed into here's like every single 
bit and bob that you need for the French. There's a lot of them there, but there's some really nice sculpts. And the fact you can pick them up individually means for people playing something like Silver Bayonet. If oh, they're of that, yeah, of that yeah. elk, you're not having yeah. to buy a pack of 10 or a, a box yeah. of 60 plastics. You can just go, officer, you say, I'll have him. How much is he? 185. Thank you and good night. Infantry, 160, because they're just dungers and nobody cares about them. Yeah, that's have brilliant. We, actually. Have we any idea what sort of, you know, weight to these, sort of bulk to these miniatures is? As far as scaling, are, yes. are they are they closer to another twenty eight? Are they like twenty eight chunky or what? They're not a million. I mean, they're not they're not the old school twenty five mil twenty eights. They're they're not really small. They they stand relatively consistent with the likes of Warlord and and that sort of thing that you find nowadays. They wouldn't probably. I was going to say they wouldn't be as big as the Vitrix. Vitrix Napoleonics aren't too bad by the horses. What was that so range, John, that you did the Imperial well. Guard Army with? Uh, front rank. Would they be that sort of scale or smaller than that? Um, by that neck of the woods. Yeah, because the, these have a real sort of Warlord vibe about them, like the mm. sculpting style, and that's very similar. Bam, see? Perfect. Perfect for your you're jumping into uh who do you call it silver bayonetti french mamluks awesome i'm just gonna say absolutely awesome on the french to put it in the personalities collection oh we'll, we'll <laughs> get to the personalities but mamluks oh when, well they're lovely yes when, when you want to bring some people oh. out of the near east just bring up your mamluks so that they uh they were an elite regiment for napoleon they started out as actual proper mamluk slaves very, very old school, but um, after a while they started sort of recruiting to fill, replenish the ranks. So, uh, but again, a different, a different unit that you might not ordinarily see, and you certainly won't see in sort of plastics because it's too unique and specific that you're not going to um, see a company going well. Nobody's going to need three or four or five boxes of Mamluk, so we're just not going to do it. So it's nice to be able to get in there and. And pick up, you know, one with a blunderbuss. Yeah, that's cool. Imagine that as part of your <laughs> French silver bayonet force. I would you, guess if, that, you just fancy the uh, fantasy yeah. style. Yeah, I would guess as well that like it, it would be a nice break for you painting a, a French force anyway, because you'd be painting all of their standard uniforms, and then you'd be like, right, color. Oh, all the color. Yeah, <laughs> all the color when it comes to these. Yeah, yeah, really nice. And like I say, the the range is substantial for them oh yeah so yeah. You, you can if you were putting full regiments together um to play out black powder or what have you then you can certainly go that way uh if you just want to pick up a few you can do that and then our personality so people like uh murat i believe he liked to be called the custer of italy that's not true but it amuses me <laughs> i like his five o'clock shadow that's nice i think those are massive mutton chops Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the way down. But again. Holding his glove at the ready. He, he he was so extravagant. I don't know how much of the fact that Custer apparently wanted to model himself on was true, or if that was just right. like nonsense after the fact, but he was so flamboyant. Um, so I really, I really appreciate it. Again. Oh, he's cool. Love that with the hat up in the air as well. You know, French officer, go for yeah. it. Um, completely. Claudette. Claudette. Ooh. But again, 
Silver bayonet. Yeah. Silver bayonet. <laughs> Female hussar. Yeah, yeah. Can't get more fantasy than that. Really nice sculpt as well. Uh, General, General Grouchy, Grouchy. Who appears to be being played by Kieran Hines in this model. <laughs> uh, fantastic actor. Can turn his hand to anything. Even 28 mil figures. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yeah. What a lovely section of miniatures. Napoleonics are yeah. utterly stonking. The Comte de la Salle at rest. I mean, you know, just going to chill here against my tree with my teapot. Is Green Ghost Forty all one bloke? Um, I don't know who does. The, I don't know who does the sculpting. I honestly couldn't tell you. I only ask because anytime I'm at salute, it's always the same bloke who's on the stand. Uh, yeah, it's well, the 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 company is, but. I don't know if he sculpts or if he has multiple sculptors working with him. Um, so it could go either way. There's not much in the way of British, but since since we open the French, we'll open the, the British. You would suspect Imagine. there's multiples just based on the sheer amount of stuff we're looking at. It has been going for a while, but yeah, uh, I would imagine that um, he has a a batch of people painting for him. Let us know in the comments, peeps, if you know. Yeah. Yeah, it saves me looking it up because I'm very lazy at this <laughs> stage of the game. You know, my age, I can't be, mm, isn't it? Um, so if we scroll a bit further, there's some Russian uh, Napoleonics, not many. But then we had another big truckload of stuff with the likes of Maximilian, um, the Spanish America stuff, Garibaldi. Now, good old Garibaldi. There's a ton going on with him. Um, disappointed to see that none of them are based on the uh, head of security of Babylon 5, but yeah, yeah. kind of everything, kind <laughs> of everything. Uh, so Garibaldi got around a bit, started off in Italy, went to South America, fought all over the place there, um, Uruguay against Argentina. Uh, but this is later on when he returned for the second time back to it, because he went back, started a... Uh, independence movement or uh, attempting to consolidate the, the Italian states essentially um, and then and, and all this before he got the job in Babylon 5 yep all of this before B5 um, got slapped down in the 40s went back to South America <laughs> and then came back in the 60s the 1860s um, and, and went about setting himself up as dictator and attempting to conquer and consolidate all of Italy and kick out the Pope and kick out the Austrians and kick out the French who owned the top half of Italy. Um, and then, you know, or just a biscuit. Jeez, then they named a biscuit after him. That's what I was going to yeah. say. All that before he became a biscuit, <laughs> even with tiny currants in it. Yeah. And again, you know, when you start looking at things like that and you're going, there is so much in there in the space of, you know, a couple of years that you could get into and, and sort of explore that, that time period. Because when you start seeing, you know, so did he attack the Vatican City? He defended it the first time, I want to say, and then the second time round. I don't think he attacked it, but I think he wanted to get rid of the papacy because oh, that's the a papal, shame. Because in my head, there. I'm just picturing priests with guns now. They <laughs> 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 yeah. didn't have to arm the priests, although some of them did, but they had the Swiss Guard there anyway. And um, I'm not sure who owned it at the time. It may have been under French control because obviously it's, uh, you know, anyway. But again, be more for you to go and research. More to go and research, and again another another unique little snapshot into a, a, a similar time period. All of these sort of cover 50, 60 years uh, from the the eighteen fifties to the the nineteen twenties or so. But 
so much to to take a look at uh, and to sort of expand on. Uh, still got his beard, missing his poncho. Bit of a shame. There is really nice detail in the faces for a lot of these miniatures. Yeah, really cool. oh, it's, they're yeah. beautiful collections. Absolutely stonking collections. Yeah. Uh, and it, I, th I think that's kind of important as well. When you, especially if you're looking to do this as kind of like a very big rank and file style game, having really good detail in the faces so that you can do kind of your basic sort of base colors wash on the on the outfits mm. and then just do the extra detail on the faces and make the bases pop as well. Yeah. It means that you'll have very nice looking uh, units. And faces recent, and bases, people. Faces, faces and bases. And, bases. Yeah. and recently I was looking at the boxers from War Games Atlantic. And I, I mentioned in there that they could probably be used for the earlier Opium Wars and for the Taipang Rebellion. And here's a rake of them yeah. in metal that you could either add in to to supplement the plastics to you know form full units or break things up if there's specific uh, weaponry that you you want to use uh, or for you know sort of unit leaders um, and again another sort of unexplored or or not as not as prevalent in the the, the sort of chat about wargaming for things like the the Taipang Rebellion the Opium Wars and uh, yeah. Just very eye-opening stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's Chinese Gordon. He did not get that <laughs> name because he was Chinese. He did kill a lot of them, though. One of those uh, ironic gangster names. Mm. So. That's the one. <laughs> uh, and again, British infantrymen. I mean, uh, they have a very similar style to the the sort of Afghan um, British uniforms when they they start you know rocking the uh, the khaki and um, pith helmets. And you've got the stash around the helmet as well, which is really cool. Yeah. I like that look. Yeah. They're probably still in Scarlet, actually, now I think about it. Very nice. I think when the the overlap was there. Well, not nice people, but very no. nice miniatures, right? No, so. very, very nice miniatures. <laughs> uh, there's, I mean, there's more, more to look at because there's things like Tonkin. As you can see here, Tonkin's massive. Um, if anybody wants to know now. why Vietnam happened, it was because of this. This, this is the French going into Vietnam with Tonkin and so much there. So you've got the French, the black flag and the Vietnamese army, um, which, you know, again, so influential for late in the 20th century. I mean, Vietnam is massive and that whole French Indochina kicked off from, from here. Uh, then there's also things like uh, the Dahoney. There's not much in there for Dahoney, which is um, in Africa, but French World War One troops would be good for it. This is part of their uh, okay. uh, exploitation of Africa. So you've got them with some Amazon warriors. We had a thing, we had to think about that last time we were talking about World War One stuff and I was mm. just describing how it'd be fun to play as uh, one of the European, European players, but in a different setting. I think it was because we looked at the comm spot about it. Yes. And it was about the yeah, Germans, Germans in, in Africa. Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, obviously that, this ties in really nicely to all yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah. there, There's an awful lot of uh, sort of French um, base stuff, which is quite good. Uh, I will. I, I have to open the ref war because I said I would. Um, but <laughs> but we'll, we'll finish off because there are a couple of um, non non historic bits towards the end, shall we say? Um, there's Robinson Crusoe having a lovely day out, and it's lovely day out, yeah. uh, and his man Friday. 
talking behind him with the musket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't need to kill that dog. Yeah. There's good eating on one of those. Um, there is the last of the Barbary pirates. So Sheriff Ahmed Er Razuli, who uh, just kidnapped everybody all the time. <laughs> right. He was always kidnapping people and holding them to ransom. Apparently he was a really nice guy, as long as he could get money out of uh, whoever okay. you know he was yeah. holding you ransom for. Uh, that was all great. Uh, if you were his enemy, not not particularly nice. Um, quite fond of unusual ways of torturing his, his victims. Uh, but you know, if you were worth a few quid, oh, a well-read man. Delightful dinner conversation, if not hot, <laughs> hot copper coins pushed into your eyes. Oh I'm my like, God. Yeah. But again, only one in here, but stunning. What a lovely bloke. Beautiful, beautiful sculpt. <laughs> oh, it is lovely, yeah. 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 Uh, so to finish off, there are a couple of science fiction-y type bits. I do like robots. You do like robots. There are some robots and then some zombie hunters. And again, they are... Really good for things like Hello, Stargrave. Stargrave. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right off the bat, and I yeah. like, I like the look of them. It's a bit C three PO on Tatooine without his, his body bits on. There's lots of wires and cabling and stuff going on that you can see particularly well on things like the dog, where it's got that rough shape, but they haven't gone out of the way to make it doggy. You know, everything's sort of best. The neck will bend, but then all these cables just run underneath. Don't worry about it. Um, mostly worry about being bitten to death by the thing. And I just really love these. They're a, a mixture of sort of um, 1920s Metropolis meets mm. 1970s yeah. uh, Star Wars. You know, it's, yeah. and I suppose all points in between, you know, but bit, uh, Buck Rodri and Flash Gordony. So things like uh, a robot actually dressed in trousers and things, presumably to hide all his mechanical bits that otherwise would be. I am around. not a robot. I think your big metal head says you are, mate. So I can pass a capture test. <laughs> dropship pilot in flak jacket. I mean, yeah. absolute corking little sculpts for... There's seven well, TV in, a, in abundance here as well. So, yeah. yeah. Recharging your weapon, hiding behind some sort of thing in a hoodie like those kids at the Corn Exchange. So, yeah, the, the robots, lovely little section there. Uh, and then there's also the zombie hunters and zombies, including people like the zombie hunting clown. <laughs> I, I love the fact he's kept his tidy hat on. God bless him. I love the fact he looks like Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mick. You know who you are. <laughs> oh, no. oh. I can't not see that now. Nope, oh, nope. Yeah. Ezekiel with his shotgun. Big Jed, you know, living life. There's stuff. And again, just Helena, the teenage vampire hunter. Yep. <laughs> Very different. It's not Buffy, you understand. She's got a different. We've got Buffy at home. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy at home. <laughs> and our uh, zombie hunter with the silenced, which is very important because, you know, don't want them coming towards the sound of noise. Fortunately, silencers in the movies don't work the same as others. No. And then we have Gabriel, the Komodo Dragon Master. Oh, that's amazing. With his Komodo Dragons. Yay! That feels like the sculptor <laughs> of that miniature was like, do you know what? I don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. Because when you're in the zombie apocalypse and you've got yourself some sort of glaive in one hand and then a scoped 
black powder blunderbuss basket thing. Yeah, yeah. idea. I mean, just go nuts, mate. Wear your Hazana, um, police and all the rest. Just you do you. And then also, if you want to pick up the Komodo dragons, by Grabthar's hammer, two quid each. Yay! It's like Lord Flashheart in a post-apocalyptic setting. That oh, really woof! <laughs> There's another zombie hunter retrieving oh, her bolt from the head cool. of a wombie. I love that. Yeah. So that's, that's what I have for you today. If you fancy exploring a whole Galvi bucket load of periods uh, that you may not have heard of before, it's a great place to start and just start researching. Go, you know what? I could really do something here. Uh, and <laughs> if you don't, and you just fancy picking up some stuff for fantasy games like Silver Bayonet or um, Star Saga or whatever it happens to be, then you can do that also that's through getting, the medium of Gringo. That's getting browsed tonight because we only scratched the surface there. Oh, uh, we could we could literally spend the whole show there. I, I had to be very, very good. And even then, I'm looking at the clock and I wasn't that good, was I? And Lloyd comes back next week and he's bought the entire catalog. <laughs> right. We're going to take a quick swish and we'll be right back with the news. Coming to you from the centre of Northwestern Europe, Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that shit you love. It's the news. <laughs> all right, we are back with the news. And last week, there was a big galvy bucket of news came out of Games Workshop because of an anniversary. Was, yeah. yeah. Just as I predicted, all of that lovely news after yeah. we filmed the show. It's, there we go. it's <laughs> like they did it deliberately. It's like they do it deliberately, yeah. <laughs> behind us. But that's all right, because we're here yeah. to bring you up to speed with anything that you missed mm-hmm. with shiny pictures. Sure. Yeah, so uh, the big news from Games Workshop uh, was mainly focused around the uh, sort of update for the Astra Militarum, uh, previously known as the Imperial Guard back in the day, the oh, one 40,000. And uh, John's yeah. happy dance. That's delightful. That is yeah. the happy dance of John. <laughs> Don't worry, John. I'm going to be asking your opinions in a second. <laughs> uh, so we got to look at the new army set and a whole bunch of the additional stuff that's going to be coming out. Um, so the army set itself will be a little bit like the, the box sets that we've seen for the Leagues of Votan and Black Templars and stuff in the past. Uh, you're going to get your hands on a command squad, uh, your shock troops, uh, your field ordnance battery you see at the back there, and also a Sentinel. And there's also a Codex in there as well, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but it's a pretty nice-looking set of miniatures. And i got to say, I think of pretty much all of the factions in 140,000, I think the Imperial Guard have got a serious glow-up uh, when it comes to their miniatures range. Uh, I don't know about you, Dom, but I, I, I looked at these and I was like, well, those are now half good. What, what, so, what yeah. have they changed them? Because they look taller. Did they get taller or did they just change the proportions? They've changed Both. everything. They are so, they are more they are better proportioned. They have more movement. Uh, they have running, a very different range of weapons. Fruit. There are male and female troopers in the box. Uh, they come with different head options, weapons, all sorts of different things. Uh, it's a very very nice little set of troops. If I, yeah. yeah. So because so. we were talking about this, and it looks like they're thirty two mil bases mm. rather than the old twenty five. So they've got taller. And because yeah. they're taller, they no longer have hands the size of hams and heads like pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. So proportionality yeah. has helped so, as well with so going up a scale. The, they've had the Primaris treatment then. Yeah, oh, they, yeah. yeah. they've all been Primarisized. Full, full of some serum or something. Mm. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I genuinely think that the uh, the collection is 
possibly one of the best little updates we've seen for a faction in a very long time. Obviously, it was really nice as someone who collects Eldar to see them update the Guardians and things, but that Cadian kit had been, you know, the staple of the Astromilla time for a very, very long time. Um, and yeah. in general, the Imperial Guard as a whole, really. So it's really nice to see pretty much everything being upgraded, I think, um, yeah. for, for the Imperial Guard. I think already, John, you've decided you're probably going to buy into this, I imagine. So Yeah, <laughs> I, I am. And depending on depending on price, I may actually go in for two of those boxes just mm, to get, because yeah. it's going to give you enough of your staple. It's going to give, give you enough of your basic infantry plus a couple of commands and, and a couple of the, the weapon themes. Yeah. These new <laughs> heavy weapons as well. I they think they're great. Yeah. They've not changed much, but they've changed them enough. I like the fact that the, the heavy boulder, for example, has that ammunition box tray on the side of it now instead of just a belt feed up into it. Uh, I like the use of essentially German field caps on some of the characters mm. as well. <laughs> uh, they had those years ago on the rattling snipers and then only on the rattling snipers. And it was like, why are we not seeing more self covers? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, they've, they've just changed enough with all the proportions, the slightly different. I like that they've went and taken a taken a hint from like the modern military stuff where the, they've now got knee pads on the, the trousers and stuff like that. The armor feels a bit slimmer and a bit better produced. You know, it mm. feels it feels like it would be a bit more comfortable to wear. I've built an Imperial Guard costume based on the old models, and I can tell you for a fact that flak armor is rubbish. <laughs> it is not comfortable. But yeah. that stuff just looks a bit nicer and they, they have backpacks and stuff now too. Plus they these, these the, me, the field ordnance batteries are amazing. I, they they feel yeah. reminiscent of the old heavy weapon themes where everything had a blast shield on it and like, yeah, that just that just looks great. I don't know what to think because I'm like looking at it going, it feels like Games Workshop isn't quite Games Workshop anymore. Now that these guys have also changed. <laughs> I just, I just have that. Oh, is this like the whole ship of Theseus thing? If you change everything at some point, it's no longer the ship. <laughs> it could, could be. Yeah. Could be tri triggers brush. Have they said anything about what this is? The field ordnance battery? Because I was looking at it, and I'd always looked at these and going, "Well, that's kind of thud gunny type thing." And this looks like a basilisk, so a, a non-rifled bombard type gun because it's got it's, the, the gas release at the back blah 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 but they're like a, a sawn off basilisk yeah but obviously they're, they're kind of we kind of knew what they might be you know rocket but well, that's, that's a damn anyway of, yeah. of weapons because i i think they said that the the one at the bottom is like a souped up las cannon but that's so what i was going to ask because yeah, it's so. clearly a las cannon setup but yeah. we have the las cannon in there. the heavy weapon team yeah so yeah. so having a second bigger one is so it might be stuff that they've torn off well, it might be like their equivalent of taking like uh, tank-based weapons and then building them onto like ordnance effectively. Mm. But um, I think they look. I, I love that they've really kept with the theme of doing them as little tiny diorama-style bases with all of the extra bits. Yeah. Um, like the boxes of ammo and the the crews all like covering their ears and you know what, deciding where they need to shoot and all that kind of stuff. So, what worries me is that in two of those nibs. pictures. If in two of those pictures, the soft cap guy that's pointing is stood on a box, and I'm concerned that that's all he is, <laughs> dude stood on a box. Oh yeah, well, that's, uh, uh, I'm sure we could make him into a dude that stands on a rock. That, that's that's easy enough. enough of that already. Yeah. <laughs> find find yourself an empty helmet because yeah. oh, he's wearing a soft coat and put a helmet on it, or just yeah. have him stick a stick a boot on the uh, back leg of of the. Uh, 
the other carriage itself. True. The other thing that I really liked about this these kits as well is that obviously they've been they're designed for you to use them for you know the ordnance batteries and things. But mm. imagine if those were built, you could just use them as tank crewmen or either like tank commanders. Mm. You know, the guy with the finger pointing, he could be on finger top pointing. of the tank. Have the guy who's covering his ears, maybe someone who's just shouted out an order and then gone, oh, <laughs> or something <laughs> as well. I think they'd be great as like tank riders and tank commanders. They'd be really cool. So I've got a pair of bins around his I like the minis. Don't get me wrong. I do like the minis. I'm just at that point where it's just, I'm just, it's the same thing as when the Primaris come out. You're just about, oh, I'm a bit phased out of phase here. It's, it's Obviously. Just a big like, look. Him with his helmet look. cover. I mean, they definitely look like modern managers now. Yeah, but have they Are lost? You, have they lost their Games Workshop look while they've gone to that? But what what's the Games Workshop look? To be I fair, <laughs> to, to be fair, it's the Primaris. Much, it's pretty much that for the the Cadians anyway. They've just embigulated them and added like another layer of armor under their their silhouette is still pretty yeah. much the same. They've they've refined the shapes a little bit. They haven't made them as chunky as before because I think yeah. the old the old Cadians were probably still a hand sculpt. So yeah. they would have been at least 20 probably 20 yeah. Years old. yeah certainly one of the things this helps them with you scroll up a little bit is when it comes to animations and possibly even live action way down in the future when when you're getting your stuff to look yeah. more in proportion that's going to animate more naturally than these yes. big chunky things and the primaris marines should animate more naturally than the original marines certainly <laughs> if they're looking at it from the perspective of um warmer plus and series and animations and possibly live action in the future this moves this helps move towards that for sure yeah because for, for example like you mentioned cosplay there john your cosplay yeah. if you're doing that again would be far more natural it would yeah and it would fit far better but like i think you've nailed it actually because the the motion of a primaris marine like he actually has hips now like the old firstborn marines had there was nothing there that suggested that the the figure inside had a hip <laughs> it was just straight from body to legs and the legs were like splat all over the place we'll get to that boarding action stuff in a second mm -hmm. so in, in additional we also got a couple of new character miniatures now this is the miniature that i'm not massively fond of i know shay quite likes this miniature but that's because he's like so beat obsessed and stuff <laughs> very young. But this is the commissar i wish he was shouting more um, I want to shout at all. Oh, <laughs> well, yes, yeah. But she was doing anything at all. It's entirely yeah. possible the commissar has fled, but <laughs> so people don't realize he's fled. He's got a shop mannequin and just put his, <laughs> his hat, coat, and gun on it. Do you know what that's the like? most You know, when they're sculpting in 3D, when they're CAD sculpting, the first thing they do is a T pose, it's called. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's straight with the arms out from the body doesn't have to be all the way out as a full T, but sometimes they're just down. It looks like it's still in that T-pose, <laughs> like and a, they haven't actually done anything. It's like a Chinese policeman, because in China, they actually use, uh, like, mannequin policemen. Right, oh, and just keeping people on their toes. And cardboard cutouts and things sitting around the country to pretend they're policemen, but they're not actually policemen. So you never know. So he's a bit, there we go. He's a bit well, like that. He also looks like very that. surprised. What, what I find lacking in the Commissar is he's not as flamboyant as we've known Commissars to be. Yes. This is probably yeah. playing into what Lloyd's saying about it doesn't feel Warhammery anymore. I think the Commissar kind of personifies that because usually the cap is a lot taller mm -hmm. and there's a lot more 
like ornamentation and stuff on the the hat and the uniforms. I know. don't necessarily dislike it. It's just no, going to take a little bit of time to warm up to it. Oh no, you'll never warm up to that. That's terrible. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to see what the other options are on that plastic kit because all of their character kits come with additional things nowadays. So I want to see what else they throw. Some what options but... where the arms bent? That'd be yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Is my is my death core in the bin then? No. Well, no. I'll talk about this in a second, actually. Mm. So um, we also got a look at the new Sentinels and stuff as well. So we've got to look at those, which is quite nice. We've seen previews of these uh, before where they've now got the full armoured versions and then they've also got the slightly more scout-based Sentinels mm. with the chainsawed arms and all that kind of thing. So you've got... Rounded them off. You rounded yeah. them off a little bit, but then you've mm. still got that slightly more uh, geometric look to the scout one as well, which is quite nice. Um, Should yeah. they be rounding them off if they're trying to have Horus Heresy and 40k feel different in flavour? That's true. Yeah. Uh, well, considering the original Sentinel looked like an egg on legs, yes. <laughs> that. Do you, not, do you not like these then, John, by the way? I the... don't know why they put mud guards over the hip joint. <laughs> Stop mud getting on the hip. From where? <laughs> From the ground. A lot of mud. From the... <laughs> Maybe. Because we haven't seen the codex yet, right? True. But maybe you could have tank riders on it. Don't think of them as hip guards, but they're additional uh, places for people to, to hang <laughs> off when they're being transported from one to the other. I hadn't yeah. seen the scout version of it. I like. I prefer the scout version to the armoured one. Because mm -hmm. the mud guard makes sense, because like if you're in an open top, you don't want a load of mud you're... landing on you constantly. Yeah, fair enough, but <laughs> I just prefer I prefer the look of the less armored yeah. side of it. I don't like all the armor on the legs, yeah. the knees, and the shins. The scout yeah. one looks better, and but it's more because I grew up with the last version of the Sentinel. So that's one that you kind of remember, yeah. It's the more angular sort of um, ATST. Yeah, kind of I preferred that more blocky, squared off kind of shape. Overall, I like this. Like I do like th I like these a lot. But I'm just wondering if they're gonna like are they gonna water down the difference in the Horus Harris compared to 40k by by going down this route if they keep going down this route with the Marines and well, well things might be changing a lot in 40k so but, uh, <laughs> uh, if you just click on the next uh, tab Jerry just bring up the oh, bring up the Castellan and then I'll go back to my thoughts on okay. the the Imperial so this is the new Castellan model that's been released as well so Look, most he's of the got time his arms exactly. not against his body like a mannequin. <laughs> Most of the time with the uh, commanders in the Imperial Guard, uh, you often have them in command squads, uh, mostly, but then obviously you have the occasional individuals. These are the kind of these those individuals that will float mm. between your different regiments and things, and they are very good at giving orders and inspiring the troops and all that kind of thing. And there's basically just a couple of different options that were shown off for uh, your Castellans uh, taking to the tabletop and kicking ass and taking names. You've got bolt guns, chainswords, plasma pistols, all sorts of different things from to... Um, have fun with and yes as jerry pointed out that is nork dead dog in the dead, dead dog in the background there so yeah very cool <laughs> that feels this guy feels more like he should be wearing that commissar hat yes in fact yes. the head swap would immediately make the commissar mm -hmm. more commissar yeah hmm. now this brings me to uh talking about the imperial guard as a whole so we didn't actually see the cover for the codex and during the live stream they said there's a specific reason why they didn't show it now that could be that they were basically keeping a particular character secret for for example uh like i know a lot of people would um love to see i've forgotten his name now yarrick no not uh, not yarrick creed. creed yes creed, a lot of people were like dead. well creed is in a museum in the necron labyrinth isn't he 
and his daughter has taken over. So maybe he's coming back. But I think, I think the big reason they didn't show the Codex cover is because they're going to go back to making regiment box sets for different versions of the Imperial Guard. Right. That's quite a reach, Ben. Because, because in some of the special rules that they've previewed, they mention things like the Mordian Iron Guard. And the Death Corps of Krieg and all these but, and all these different factions, the inter well, sub factions with the Imperial Guard. I think we're going to see that core kit for the the Cadians hmm. being the way for them to build additional versions of the regiments for you to make various forms of uh, of, of Imperial regiments in the in the Ashton Militarum. And I reckon that on the front cover. There'll be a couple of different versions of the different regiments on there. You see, so. it's 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 too it's too reachy, Ben. God damn it. It's too reachy because... Is it too every, much of a hot take? Every, <laughs> every Codex has had Mordian Iron Guard in it or Death Corps of Creed because they were all used as stratagems or special rules or you know regimental uh, choices. Yeah. You could be right, though. And it's something people have been crying about for a long time. That's Can't why the Death Corps plastic now, so... I mean, there's a lot of people out there that make alternative versions of those models, and Games Workshop want to try and corner the market, and they yes, do have was... a very, very old set of Catachins that are going to look very small compared to these new Cadians. Good. <laughs> I, I was die. just, I was just looking at it from this point of view. They've essentially wiped out the third-party market for Astra Militarum, the regular army, anyway. Well, they're not the heads and stuff Maybe. aren't going to suit these new things, and the. And, the bo- and your bodies and things oh, are different well, uh, yeah, you mean the resin stuff. See, I immediately no, defaulted I mean- in my head to like plastics, like the reptilian overlords, um, Nam fighters, which I still think look better. <laughs> and certainly is kind of chance. You know, I know I'm talking about head swaps and I'm talking yeah, about yeah, that, buying yeah. other, other miniatures to mix in with your Imperial yeah. Guard or your, your Astromech time. They've essentially wiped out that market. The market hasn't gone anywhere. People obviously are still buying it to build in with their existing armies. But if you go down the route of going, oh, I'm going to buy into the new look Astra Militarum, has essentially wiped that out. Those companies mm-hmm. will have to start again. And then maybe they have, maybe, who knows, maybe they will look at the other the other army types again and say, do you know what, we're leaving we're leaving money on the table by having nothing there. Especially well, more yeah. than Iron Guard. Well, exactly. you know, yeah. If you want to do Space RUC, where else are you going to do them? So but has, it, has it screwed my death core? Or my death core now just going to look tiny compared to these guys? I think they were sculpted in with the new proportions in mind. I would think. Uh, so, I'd yeah. say so. So yeah. Are they also had two mil bases, Lloyd? Oh, that's uh-huh. true. What yeah. are they, are they on larger bases? Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I never stuck them on their bases. I would. I would check that <laughs> if you find, in the box. <laughs> if you find they've come with a box full of twenty-five mil rounds, then you might find you've got a little stampy death core, little tiny. Malnourished, sure. under yeah. undergrown. I'm sure they're they're all vat born anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, moving on from the Imperial Guard, which is a pretty awesome selection of things, and uh, it'll be very fun to see what John makes of those when that army comes together. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, we also got a new mode of playing uh, one forty thousand. So this is going to be included in the new supplement, which we'll talk about in a second. But this is called boarding actions, uh, and boarding actions is designed to be five hundred point. Uh, sort of intense close combat fighting. Uh, you can't take vehicles and you can't take monsters, obviously. Nice. Um, and you instead are fighting inside the likes of Space Hulks, Imperial facilities, and all sorts of different things like that. And the idea is that you will be focusing in on building a core set of troops and then your elites and all that kind of things and fighting out very intense close combat battles. Um, sounds pretty cool to me. Um, the idea is that you use a lot of the kill team train that's come out as part of the last box, which was uh, into the dark 
and also the new one that's coming up, which we'll talk about in a little bit as well. Uh, and you sort of mash them together with some of the boards and you play small games of uh, Warhammer 40,000. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no word on how much sort of more intricate the rules might be. I would assume it's just basically the normal 40K rules, but you play on these certain smaller boards and tinker around with scenarios sort of a, and objectives. Sort of a halfway kind of house between kill team and um, 40K. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I like the sound of it. I think it will get a lot of people buying small elite armies to play boarding actions that are maybe different from their their sort of core faction, for example. Um, obviously, need the terrain, but uh, that's the. That's, to me, it sounds cool. like um, it sounds like a sort of forty k in forty minutes. You remember the old, the old yeah, games? sort of like combat patrolly type yeah, thing it, from back it, in the day, kind of thing. Yeah. It feels like that, and it also. I'm going to sign a well, no, no, screw it. I am going to sign negative. It just sounds like they're saying, what about all those things we had nostalgia for? Let's give them some more nostalgia. Let's give them a different way to play. Well, so they true. have to buy yeah. more stuff. Yeah. And yes, we know it's all about us buying more stuff, but at the same time, can you not make an original idea well, once? Yeah. Because you haven't in 15 years. <laughs> you haven't since well. Apocalypse and that didn't go well. That's so, true. Well, I wouldn't say that. Warhammer Plus was the original idea. <laughs> oh yeah hey it's still going right <laughs> oh, oh no wait 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 was that copy well it's still taking else? my money <laughs> um it's still going it's definitely taking yeah. my money though so uh the rules for boarding action are going to be included in what are called the new arcs of omen supplements um so the first one's going to be coming out fairly soon and this is kind of like the next big story the next big narrative the next big campaign for warmer 40,000 um some people have hinted maybe this is going to be the kind of like the 40k end times i don't know i'm not going to go that far yet uh, but 10th edition is probably coming next year so make it what you will um but this is going to follow um abaddon and another one of his definitely going to work black crusade black style things this time i promise <laughs> this time yes <laughs> uh, so what he's done is that he has taken a bunch of space hawks and um other vehicles well vehicles other spaceships and space stations and alongside a deadly ally um which we'll see some teasers for in a second mm. uh they have tried to kind of build weapons and all sorts of different things onto these um these facilities and they are sending them deep into the heart of the imperium to cause as much chaos ha 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 uh, as possible uh, with all of those weapons and warbands and all that kind of thing so it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out abaddon's ideas never really work so let's see if this one is, <laughs> is going to come true um Talking of the sort of Arcs of Omen and this sort of strange ally, uh, another teaser trailer came out, which you can see there at the bottom of the screen. So uh, the idea was Demon X back there and lots kind of weird, weird quirky stuff. Um, the thought is, from what we've seen here and some of the teaser images, is that we might, we might be getting Dark Mechanicum uh, in Warhammer 40,000. Now, we've not really seen them done before, kind of hinted at obviously they were a much more of a big thing in sort of the Horus heresy a lot of people talk about them there but um maybe the dark mechanicum are going to be coming back with some kind of demonic new overlord uh leading uh some of the forces that they've dragged away from belisarius call and that kind of thing and uh we'll see them allying up with abaddon who uh is looking very chunky there he's had it's a lot of biscuits so yeah that's the new sort of teased yeah. model that they showed. Uh, maybe it's something Dark Mechanicum. Maybe it's something Necron tier, perhaps, you know, with the Void Dragon mm, being underneath yeah. the surface of Mars and all that kind of thing. Blah, 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 blah. It'd be really cool. But uh, yeah. Mm. And yeah, we also got a cool picture of a new corn guy because, yeah, 
There we go. It's been a so, while since yeah. they've done anything. I, they haven't changed the juggernaut. That's good. Yeah. Although he does have a. He now has a saw horn. I was going to say, yeah, it's not a chainsaw blade for a head, but you know, fair play. <laughs> Never good having a saw horn. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he looks rather cool. And uh, it's nice to see the world eaters getting more fancy stuff for uh, their Cornate Masters. Very mm-hmm. nice. So yeah, uh, that's the the big stuff that came out for Warhammer Forty Thousand at big, the big, moment. Big but we have more because, of course, we have more, and this also ties into the pre-orders from this week as well. So in swing addition, <laughs> by merch, yes, go and buy these uh, from our store. So yes, uh, following on from the announcement of the Imperial Guard getting that new army set, we also got the news of a new kill team set. Yes, it's that time already, folks. Uh, so this is one Forty Thousand Kill Team Shadow Vaults, and this sees the Kazakins. Yeah, boy, going up against the Necrons. <laughs> Don't anyway. care about anything else. Let's just talk about the Kassikins. Yes. So the Kassikins are the new models, and they look amazing. Uh, they are, as what was it you said, John, about the Tempestus signs? <laughs> they're, what, they're what the Tempestus signs think they are. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so, yes, we've got to look at a whole new squad of Kazakins. Uh, there's going to be 10 models in the set for you to choose from. Uh, in the standard way that they've been building up a lot of these kill team sets, this is the full on new plastic kit for you to use alongside the Necrons, which gets sort of like a few existing stuff that's sort of been bodged together. Um, but yeah, elite core badass troops for the Astra Militarum. Armed with loads of special weapons, getting their hot shot las guns, looking amazing, looking grizzled. Oh, what a lovely, lovely L- Looking set. like they don't cost 100 to 120 pounds on eBay. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you wanted Imperial, uh, sort of not Imperial, if you wanted Inquisitorial Stormtroopers, you've got your ideas now. Boom, looking fantastic. Um, I really like this kit. I think there's loads of character built into it. The Kazakins, as you say, are probably one of the most well loved elements of the Astra Militarum, I think. Uh, and so it's nice to see them back in a new fashion for using Kill Team. Um, but yeah. I like the Hurt Locker looking fellow with his uh, yes. demo charge. Yeah. <laughs> looking very cool. It's indeed. sweet. I like them. I like them a lot. I'm quite, I like the, the longer I look at them, the more I get used to the whole new look anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's enough but, there from the old aesthetic to, that carries over. Yes. I think oh, the, the, this sort of... We don't care about the Necrons. <laughs> yeah, you might I think anybody going to get to see them. It's no real skin off. It's no real skin off my nose because I don't have an Astro Militarum military army anyway. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so this is the Hyrotech Circle. So this is the sort of Necron side of things. Um, you get your sort of Cryptech leading things in battle alongside a bunch of their little minions. Um, I say it's a little bit more of a sort of force built out of stuff that already exists for the mm-hmm. Necrons with a few little tweaks here and there. An additional miniature or two. Deathmarks uh, and uh, Immortal. Deathmarks and Immortals. Although that's like a new, like named immortal type character, apparently, which is like oh, a okay. higher up immortal. Um, how can you be more immortal than immortal? But there we go. I should um, call him Teddy Westside. <laughs> Teddy Westside and his Deathmarks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, that's the new Shadow Vault set that I believe is up for. I think it is actually up for pre order this mm-hmm. weekend. So if you're interested in picking that up, uh, make sure to head on over to store.ontabletop.com. Pow. Cool on the gang. So leaving all this grim, dark sci-fi behind, mm. and taking a step into the wonderful world of 
regular old sci-fi. Sci-fi. <laughs> well, technically, this is sci-fi that you could make however you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a new game that I spied uh, that popped up uh, in our community this week. So this is uh, from the uh, creators, Jason and Amy. They have uh, partners who have worked on this game together over the last couple of years, and this is called Ender Rain. Uh, and the idea of this is that it's their approach at making a sci-fi miniatures game. They'd looked at stuff like um, Stargrave, uh, and other games uh, out there like Kill Team and the like, mm-hmm. and they'd want to try and they wanted to try and make a nice halfway house between that. Um, the game is terrain and miniature agnostic, so you can use whatever the hell you like. As you can see, there's a bunch of Stargrave plastics and some coarse-based terrain in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, shows off exactly what you do with it all. Um, the idea of the game that is is uh, designed for you to play out um, one-off games or full campaigns, however you appropriate you like doing it. Um, it uses a D12 system, uh, which they think is a nice happy medium between the classic D6 and the big hello. swings of D20s and stuff. Oh, hello there. There's an Eisen curve in, in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's uh-huh. been the <laughs> I think I got some of those kicking around. I wonder what they're like compared to the new guard. Or oh, well, they've revamped them. They've revamped them, yeah. yeah so. Well, they got revamped too. Mm-hmm. By War Games Atlantic, of all people. So, mm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, one of the nice things about this game uh, is that it's uh, well. One of the things that I was very much drawn to when I was reading about this is the idea that they've tried to really build on the idea of making it a sort of challenging um, game whilst also making it easy to learn, if you know what I mean. So a lot of the stuff that's been built into the game is tried to sort of make it narrative and scenario-focused, which is always nice to see. Um, There's a really intelligent, as they've called it, sort of NPC system in the game. Um, So rather than characters having a very prescribed way of dealing with things, like I see you, I would shoot you, Mm. I don't see you, I move, and you can kind of game it, you actually roll dice to see what the uh, AI does, and you can you sort of uh, compare it to a table, which is, I think is really neat, mm-hmm. which kind of means that solo and co-op gaming has a little bit more edge to it, where you're not entirely sure what a unit's going to do. You kind of know their capabilities, but you're sort of not quite sure, which I think is quite nice. Um, they've also thrown in a whole bunch of stuff that kind of like twists and chains things as you're playing the game through. Um, so there's loads of events that will pop up and all that kind of thing as well. Uh, and there's a really nice sort of focus on characters um, kind of doing what they can with their action points to sort of make big heroic moves and all that kind of thing, which is always, like, which is always good to see. Um, the mm-hmm. game is available to pre-order uh, right now from their website. Uh, so if you're interested in going to check it out, you can do. Uh, we've managed to get our hands on a copy of the rulebook, so I'm going to be taking a little bit more of a deeper look at this in more detail very soon. Uh, but um, as a nice little thing for their sort of complete kit, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, the, the set isn't just the book. You get the book, and then you get the cards, and you get the dice, and you get the sort of markers for experience and that and initiative and that kind of thing. You also then get enough cheat sheets for like four players to play the game because they said one of the things that they really don't like is when you get a book and it's got one cheat sheet in it. So, <laughs> so they've done a nice job of trying to make it as gamer-friendly as possible, which I think is really cool. Um, there's obviously uh, plenty of sci-fi games out there and plenty of sci-fi miniatures, but if you're looking for something that kind of... Um, steps in the middle of a bunch of the rest of them and tries to deliver something a little bit different maybe go and check this out especially for that kind of solo and co-op thing i think the the sort of ai they've built for the game is really fun uh it'd be nice to see how that works uh in in practice so yeah watch out for more on that one uh but if you've not seen it before 
really cool new sci-fi game out there and it didn't go to Kickstarter. It just appeared. So, <laughs> you know, go and see what you think. Nobody is more surprised than us in this day and age <laughs> that something managed to avoid Kickstarter. God exactly. bless them and all who yeah. sail in them. <laughs> now, I mean, I've got um, Hydrophilia miniatures, which are very sci-fi mm-hmm. slash cyberpunk-esque, um, which are kind of crying out for a game. Uh, I mean, Hydrophilia is the game that I could play them with, right, but, but I, I, yeah. I like being able to chuck them into other things as well without them looking desperately different from everybody around yeah. them. So I'll have to have a wee nosy myself. Uh, what is re- that? Is that the fear of drinking water, Hydrophilia? No, it's the love. Philly's love. <laughs> it's love of water. <laughs> yeah. Ah. You're thinking of phobia. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Uh, right. Returning then to the mid-19th century, because yes. it seems like forever since we were last talking about all the types of wars that were going on in the, the 1860s. Yeah, um, yeah. There's been a whole host of stuff coming out of Warlord Games then. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, when Warlord Games did their epic battles series, they started off with um, Napoleon and doing all that kind of good mm-hmm. stuff around uh, Waterloo and that kind of thing. Uh, and they basically built up everything around that particular battle, I think it's safe mm-hmm. to say, yeah. and they sort of did everything they could with it. Um, they have seriously expanded the scope and what's available for epic battles with the American Civil War. Uh, and so a whole bunch of new sort of collected kits and sort of upgrade stuff has come out for that. Um, so there's a couple of new kind of, I guess you'd say, starter sets for you mm-hmm. to dive into when you're playing um, the American Civil War with the epic battles. Um, system and collection uh, so you've got the guts and glory set which is the smaller uh, collection which comes with enough for both the the union and the confederates and stuff for you to play out very small engagements on the tabletop you get loads of miniatures obviously because it's mm. a small scale alongside a bit of terrain uh, or you can level things up to the gettysburg battle set which is very cool which comes with over two thousand figures in it 2000 i say um and again there's enough there for both the confederates and the union but it kind of builds up on the terrain that you get in the set alongside a whole host of different unit types and all that kind of things as well um some of those uh unit types are also available separately and you get them inside this box too now i cannot remember how to say this word Mm. so if someone else could step in and do it for me probably jerry so you get some cavalry and you also get the Suaves. 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 There we go. We also get the Suaves brigades. So the wee dudes with the red pants. Yes. Big, big harem pants and uh, fezzes and or kepis, depending on how they're feeling. Yeah. So if you want to make uh, the named units from this time for both the Confederates and the Union, you get the chance to build up those. Mm. And you can either get them as part of these sets or uh, as individual packs, if you prefer, as you can see down below. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some new ones there for you to tinker around with, which is always nice to see. Uh, they did actually name who the different units were. I'm just going So to like find Iron Brigade and things like that? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So it's the... Uh, because yeah. they're they're ten mil as well, and there was an awful lot of cross pollination because they had been one army originally before uh, splitting up. It means it's not beyond the realm's possibility that these could all be run as uh, just union or just confederacy. Oh yeah, yeah, dude, um, So yeah. you know, picking up the starter set, and even though it's two player, if you want to go big on one one side or the other, you can do it. I know um, people like Leon T sixty six on YouTube have been carving down uh, wide-brimmed hats into kepis and stuff on people to change around how units look because at 10 mil, yeah. everything's so withdrawn, you can kind of get away with it very easily. 
uh, yeah, it's a it's a great little section of different things. And as I say, it's really nice to see them uh, taking that extra step. I think with the American Civil War mm. and showing off a little bit more of the range and what they can build to it as, in terms of expansion content and terrain and all that kind of things as well. Because um, obviously, with what they've done for the American Civil War, is they've tried to take the war as a whole rather than with than what they did with Waterloo, which is kind of like we're just making yeah. the Waterloo stuff effectively with a, with a few additional bits here and there, obviously. But you know, they they very much focused in on that battle for that. Whereas this is are a these much broader collection. Counters so. we're looking at are pictures. Yes, they're modelled counters. Yeah, so the little tiny um, casualty markers for you in your games with little marks on them and uh, little dead fellows as well. So, so because you, you can get that's a separate mm -hmm. set. So even mm -hmm. if you're not playing black powder and ten mil having casualty markers because those little tiny little casualty markers behind your units are still a nice way of doing it even if you're oh, yeah, 20 yeah. hits or regardless you know. of the scale yeah yeah mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm on board with that as well because mm -hmm. i really like my casualty markers and get back into them but yeah do, tragic thing that i am i do have a little concern mm -hmm. I, I i like the fact that they're doing 10 mil and doing all these big battles and stuff like that but the gettysburg box feels like it's going to be a painter's nightmare because there's too much. I know no. it's ten, I know it's ten mil, but if you're sitting down to a project of doing that, I would probably paint maybe one regiment and then call it a year. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's partly that's that, but also you can literally go, well, I'm going to paint this, this regiment. Is Gettysburg. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you break into regiments, so that's uh, five or six strips, and then two two strips per base or five or six bases rather than two strips per base. Uh, so you're only painting like 12 at a time, do them, move on. Uh, or if you don't want to, if memory serves, I believe these are the same as Waterloo in that they're pre-colored plastics. Mm. So you could just put them blue Confederates and gray, uh, or sorry, blue Union and gray Confederate plastics just straight onto the bases. So you can just play it out. Uh, they're already pre-colored, and you just go ahead and. Have I, I, I I get what you mean, though, John. Because sometimes you'll get to a set and you'll buy like every model that ever exists for an army, and then you'll go. Uh -huh. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. it's it's something I, I'm going to expand out. It's something the Warlord has done with some of their bigger boxes in the past. Even the bolt action ones, like the uh, it was it the Battle of Berlin box or something like that, where there was so much infantry and so many vehicles and then terrain. Mm -hmm. It's like it's cool. But you've you've bogged that paint. You, you've bogged that player down in yeah, weeks of building. He wants to do it. The 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 person who buys this is going. I want to torture That's myself. Great. Yeah, I, I, you I want to I when want to you first buy it. <laughs> I feel it's, it's the great thing about mass battle games. The so warlord doesn't care about time. that. Once they've sold it to you, I don't care if you paint it as long as you bought <laughs> it from me. Same as any war game, you know. Yeah. So is the big set the, the in its entirety thing. again there. Because I, I am terribly tempted by this stuff. And I'm the world's well, we definitely slowest know that painter. Paint one unit and then forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> the world's slowest painter. Yeah. But yeah, so it's basically Gettysburg in a box. They come with the wee flags. <laughs> I have a sprue them somewhere. And I'm I think say they're sculpted on. They're sculpted the, on, yeah. yeah. Oh, those so. are actually sculpted flags. Mm -hmm. But you have to draw the designs on. You have to paint the designs uh, on. Oh, you mean, so they're not little cutouts that you just stick on a... 
No, I think they're like little plastic flags on the top of the. I was going to go and reach over for the sprue, but I oh, boxed I them away because I had so much crap. I don't know, that's a step too far, painting flags. <laughs> I, may, I may be wrong. I may be wrong, but uh, <laughs> two thousand miniatures. That's all right. Painting flags. Oh no, I'm out, man. I am out. <laughs> no, none of that. I'll paint all the trousers in the world, but I won't. <laughs> Show me a sprue. See, one hundred nineteen quid's not bad. Like for the amount of stuff. It's a game in a box, isn't it? It is it's, a game in the box. I was in, you know, I was, I was pricing Why are the up commands not on there. I was pricing up are. an They're army really, of. Yeah. I was pricing up an army of cow elves. No, and it was like two hundred twenty. It was like two hundred twenty-five quid, and I was like, oh, mm. maybe not, because <laughs> there's a standard there. Ah, they, and there's so yeah, so yeah paper. You'll it is paper. Paper, paper flags. Yeah. Other no way you go. I stand corrected. But, oh, the paper flag. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah, them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now we're talking. Now you're going to buy it. I thought they were going to need to be painted for a while. There. I was panicking there. Imagine I have to paint four or five flags. Oh, my God. And, and, and again, <laughs> because they're pre-colored plastics, you've got your gray and your blue army. If you don't want to paint them, stick the flags on the way you go. Bam. It also uses the basic rules for black powder. So if you've already been playing black powder anyway, just dive in and stop playing this. I, I think the black powder set is in there as well, anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, the, yeah, it's not just the miniatures, the the rules and the like. It's the whole set. Yeah, I ain't got a baldy how black powder plays. Uh, it's very similar to Warmaster. Yeah, it's a command I ain't and got control. A baldy how that plays. <laughs> uh, you issue orders and then you see if your units do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so your commander goes, "I would like you on the left flank to send infantry towards that hill and then you go okay infantry move towards that hill and then you roll and go you successfully pass that order by like a factor of two so you make two moves yeah see my or, worry or about you this go make three moves or you make one move or you fluff it and go mm, we're not going anywhere chum my worry when i look at the box set isn't necessarily about the painting because you can torture yourself with years for that you know you've got you've got six years to paint and torture yourself i'm still painting army five years later why six why is the limit on six is well, that the end <laughs> well, well you know, 66 years then there we go my main concern is how long will it take me to play that game to kill everybody on the field it's, it's two thousand guys to get, two thousand of them to get dead though um, for, for black powder yeah. you, you can bang out a game of that in a couple of hours or uh, if you want to play a massive massive game and take sort of well you're not even taking all day because you're using the stripped down rules so yeah uh, the full Gettysburg game you can play over the course of uh, a day just a full day of gaming because you can set up the first day of Gettysburg because Gettysburg ran over multiple days where there were different actions at different areas See, so you, you can do like the, you do like fishing <laughs> or you can just go this week we'll just play, you know, the the, the cavalry charge, and I've got an hour we'll and twenty that. minutes. Yeah, we'll do an hour and twenty minutes. Sure. Okay. As as not including as, setup. <laughs> not to, give, including to, setup. Give, to give you an idea of the classic uh, bolt, uh, black powder experience, as Peachy said in one of his new videos with his new chums over on a different channel, when he was playing Duncan, he uh, who's actual Duncan Rhodes in Gage Workshop as well. Uh, he said, I'll give my order to my troops to form into line, march up a hill, form back into uh, <laughs> uh, oh, a firing line. column. Line, column, yeah. back to the top or whatever. He got two of those orders off. They walked down the road and then got immediately charged by all of Duncan's cavalry and killed. <laughs> that is how you play blood, uh, Black Powder. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I honestly find it's it was written as a game that should be GM'd, and I still think that that is the best way to play it. Is It's not it's not a points-based 
you bring two thousand points, I bring two thousand points. It's a narrative that you are playing this this particular action, um, and then you know, therefore, you know what your order of battle is, and you know what your objectives are, and your opponent knows what their objectives are, and then you just see if you can do better or uh, not as badly as the historic commander did. You know, could you actually take Gettysburg, uh, or will you just run into the massive kicking um, that the Confederates got? When they attempted it. Yeah, excellent. Like it. Like it a lot. Where next? Uh, so next we're going to be getting all pulpy and weird for mm. Halloween with pulp figures uh, because we have a new set of releases that are coming out for you to use in all sorts of different games, mm. be they investigations, something Lovecraftian, or everything in between. We have the Arcane Academics. Um, so this is your set of venerable uh, teachers and lecturers mm. that in no way would get it embroiled in all sorts of weird shenanigans, but somehow have found a book in the library that will make <laughs> them go on some strange quest. I bet it was the cat's fault, yeah. uh, but there we go. P- pushing things, <laughs> pushing things off tables yeah. like a cat uh, serial killer. <laughs> so this is the uh, another wonderful little collection of Bob Merch miniatures that have yeah. been brought to the tabletop for you to use. Now, what did you what did you work out about this group, Jerry? That I was like mind blown. Well, I I didn't, but I'm running with it oh, because right, one go. of one of our community members <laughs> went. Did the student investigators? Uh, is that the Scooby Gang, or am I looking at this too hard? And I looked at it and went, Fred, Velma, Daphne, Shaggy, which makes this guy in the hairy coat Scooby. <laughs> I, yeah, no, that's one hundred percent who it is. Exactly. Um, it doesn't yes. matter what people say to yeah. me. That is how I choose to view them from now on. <laughs> so yeah, the the student investigators, the the people desperately trying to get credit from their uh, academic exactly. professor, and yeah. therefore find themselves in the middle of Peru. Um, trying not to be killed yeah. up by the natives as they steal their local treasures. Or running around campus, smashing weird flying Lovecraftian beasts down into the ground into mush with a tennis racket is That's, the way that yeah. I think of it. Yeah, so. uh, and while Daphne's yeah. doing that, Shaggy escapes. Exactly. Yeah. Never, never fight those <laughs> monsters. That's madness. Uh, we also got the Mediums and Mystics set as well. So this comes with a bunch of strange people that mm. you no doubt visit halfway through the film to give you an exposition dump on exactly how to defeat the enemy. Um, I, 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 I've seen I, him and his eyebrows before. I love that guy. I, I like to think of him. There's probably some movie reference to who he is. I, I, I want to say it's an Orson Welles character. It does look a lot like, yeah, yeah. I like to think of him mm. as the stage magician who's really bad at magic, mm. but in actual fact is a proper wizard. Proper wizard. Um, <laughs> and he's just trying to hide it. Uh, and then I also love the mystic in the wheelchair. I think that's amazing. Yeah. With the little seeing ball, seeing orb as well. Very nice indeed. All about the crystal balls. Uh, we also got a bunch of different terrain sets. Now, a lot of people will be very familiar with who this guy is. Uh, the I most think we- evil man in Europe. Yes. Um, we, this was in a antediluvian set. A couple, I think it was last year, maybe as well. This this same guy, so, I can't remember his name now. It's Alistair so, Crowley, uh, the, the leader one. of the Golden Dawn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got the altar of evil there. There's mm. also the shrine of the Grail, uh, which is a lovely little train set where you must choose Grail. wisely in uh, in order to pass. And it's all right. There's, there's, the only, there's only one choice to make there. I'll well, take actually, the grail, yeah, please. Yeah. Well, I'll take that, the one on the plinth. That, clearly, that grail's not working very well. He's not looking for something else. <laughs> Maybe he's one of the brothers who uh, left, and this is your Maybe. clue to, yeah, exactly. you know, under yeah. under a cathedral in France. Uh, there's also the devilish accoutrement set, and I love mm. the word accoutrement. Um, oh, yeah. 
And the thing that I really like about this set is that you could take any one of these little pieces Hello. and you could put this into your gaming terrain and suddenly it turns a normal house into a den of evil. Really? <laughs> Just because, because of that goat head on us. <laughs> I'm, what I'm, an I think awfully a... strange ornament you have, Grandma. It's just it's... a really cool coat hanger. Well, oh, I was yeah, about to say, is, yeah. is that, uh, it might not be a coat hanger, that might be a hat stand and then that's somebody's goat mask on the hat stand because <laughs> you can see the hood below it. That's oh. what Crowley wears whenever he goes in later on. Yeah. So you give a high five to this little monument here. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a palmistry thing, I suppose. You have that on the table with your mystic. Yeah, I also love the skulls and all that kind of thing. I, I heard a good thing oh, on a D&D Reddit this week, uh, mm-hmm. which was a guy who had a, a very specific funeral requests. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that he didn't want to be buried and he didn't want to be cremated. What he wanted is he wanted to be sent off to one of those labs where they turn you into um, diamonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wanted to have his head cut off and his 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 skull entirely cleaned and then he wanted the rest of his body rendered down into diamonds and put in to the eye sockets so that he could rest on a mantelpiece and watch his family for all eternity so there we go (laughs) that is some next level stuff (laughs) this reminds me of the time my dad said to my sister that uh, he wanted to be buried at sea and her response was you'll be dead it doesn't matter what you want you'll go in the ground like everybody else (laughs) and I feel like his family is going to say the same thing oh is that what you want Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> right. Great, please. I'm happy enough to go in the bin bag, to be honest. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> uh, we also uh, we also got a couple of different bonus miniatures that mm. have been added to the Pulp Figures range. So you've got Rondo, the campus creeper, um, who I think is probably like the red herring in your story. Everyone mm. thinks he's the evil guy, but actually he's just a weird creep. Um, <laughs> and he actually knows more than he's letting on. Poor, and then you have weird creep. Yeah. And then you have Piwakit the cat, who I definitely believe is a talking cat and is who the investigators find when they're walking around in the library. And Piwakit will stride in and be like, oh, so you're trying to deal with the strange Lovecraftian beast from the beyond. Wow. Oh. <laughs> or it works like Deep Throat. They're always being told to meet in like a dark <laughs> a dark alley or the back of a library where there's no lights on it and all they hear is the voice. And it's at some time before it turns out. You know, they, they, they try and chase him down a corridor to find out who he is. We'll meet him tonight, and then you tail him, and we'll find out who he is and who's giving us this instructions. It's like, I lost him. All that was in the alley was a cat. It's like three weeks later, they go, it was the cat. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the Mago put your brain in a jar, and it's all over for you. That's how it works. Oh, I really like those figures. They're excellent. They're really nice. Yeah. I really want more pulp games to play. Exactly. TV probably is a good way to go. Yeah. Hmm. They need a Zuckerberg. Get a Zuckerberg manager. That's any there. robot, right? Yeah. Sitting there, sitting <laughs> there them Facebook. <laughs> We've already seen Zuckerberg without his flesh suit on earlier. It was all wires and stuff. It's good. <laughs> right. <Not my> Tesla. <laughs> yeah, it's a frightening thought. Uh, returning then to the grim dark of the far future mm. with a vow. Oh, there's more. Oh, there is. You guys are keen this week. Wait, so. what, what have you opened? We're looking at fantasy stuff now. I don't know. What? Are we? Yes. I thought we were looking at the Absolver Marines. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. We're, we're looking at some Conquest stuff. That's what we're looking at. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, so there's some new releases that have come out. I, I know you really like 40K, Jerry, but oh, you don't have to I keep can't get enough of it. it but, <laughs> so. uh, so this, hammer. this is a new set of pre-orders um, for the 100 Kingdoms and Conquest from the first yes. of Paramel and War Games. Uh, so we've got a whole bunch of new plastic kits along, uh, for you to dive into and have fun with. Uh, the leading the way was the Imperial Ranger Corps, as you can see there. Another set of just 
awesome um, 35 mil models for both uh, Last Argument of Kings and I think pretty darn good for mm. First Blood mm. if you're planning to do a little bit of skirmishing, especially with the way that they're all posed and the stances that are in. I think they look fantastic and they're a really nice little set of miniatures for you to use uh, in your games. They were um, expert woodsmen back in the day that have become sort of a core part of every 100 Kingdoms army now since then and they have uh, good knowledge of the battlefield and will be very nice as scouts for you to use in your games. Very Drafted nice. in as scouts and uh, a line of uplative armor. Exactly. Yeah. Before, before <laughs> your important people have to take the yeah. field. Uh, we also have the Order of the Crimson Tower Knights, which I think are some amazing looking uh, characters. Uh, mm. Even though these look evil as all hell, they're actually some of the nicest knights around. Sure. Uh, well, nicest knights around. Um, <laughs> so they will only ride into battle with those that have given them a legal reason for war. Uh, that is their sort of mandate. And they forbid anyone that they fight alongside from looting and pillaging the battlefield. Um, so as they say in the fluff, the nobles that will be looking to raise armies within the Hundred Kingdoms will have to weigh up the fact so, that they want the spoils of war or the expertise of Realistically, the, uh, these are the most evil knights ever. Well. <laughs> if they're being told what to do by lawyers, they probably are. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking altogether. <laughs> Uh, from personal experience of lawyers, yes. Uh, we also have the uh, we also have the Priory Commander, uh, who is the leader for the uh, Crimson Tower Knights. So each of the different knightly orders within the Hundred Kingdoms kind of have their own command structure, and uh, the Priory Commander is the leader of the Crimson Tower Knights. Uh, sort of represents them on the councils and all that kind of stuff. Again, an awesome looking little uh, well, not little. It's pretty big. It's thirty five mm. bill uh, plastic kit uh, with alternative head options and weapons and all that kind of stuff. I prefer the sword. Um, I think it just because swords are awesome, really. Uh, but uh, yeah. a really nice little set for you to uh, use for leading the way with your uh, Crimson Town Lights. Very cool. Yeah. They are excellent stuff. Yeah. And uh, last of all, we have the Errant of the Order of the Shield. That's a long title. Um, mm. So these are the great protectors and monster hunters and uh, valiant heroes of the Hundred Kingdoms. But... Uh, when uh, the, the last emperor died and was uh, replaced by magistrates, uh, uh. imperial magistrates, they decided that the errant of the Order of the Shield had too much power and much like the Knights Templar in real life, uh, got hunted down and burned and killed and all sorts of different things. So occasionally you'll see an errant of the Order of the Shield riding around on the battlefield or fighting on foot uh, and they are much loved by by the populace, but hated by everyone else in command. Uh, but a, an amazing looking little uh, set. Uh, I really love the sculpting on the model. I think the sort of grim look of the character is very cool. And I've just noticed that that hammer is a pair of screaming faces wearing blindfolds, which is amazing. So, yeah. Justice <laughs> is blind. Parabellum always nails their characters. Oh, yes. Very much Absolutely so. nails their but, characters. Yeah. Amazing stuff there for the Hundred Kingdoms. And uh, diving into a bit of conquest. Yeah. Perfect for first blood. There we go. Yeah, always good, clean family fun with them, I feel. The, and you um, can pre order those from store on tabletop.com. But ding. Swing. <laughs> th- there was even there was a bit of a chat myself and Constantinus had about the order of the uh, the shield Ooh. amongst others in a spotlight a little while ago. And there'll be a, a spotlight article about it on Parabellum's website. So yeah, sort of a an order that everybody kind of wants to wipe out, but they're probably the last true knightly order that still maintains their values and haven't just sold out like others we might mention. Crimson Gits, just saying. Right. Crimson Gits. 
enough of the news. <laughs> uh, we should be back in just a moment to round out the show. All right, we are back and we're going to be taking a look at some digital 3D printing things that Benjamino <laughs> has found. And this is from Melton Mowbray, the people who make the pork pies. Yes, so the pork pie miniature company. No. <laughs> so Medbury Miniatures. Uh, That'd be um, awesome if you bought a pork pie and you ate it and you got a miniature inside. <laughs> like a Kinder Surprise egg. <laughs> a, a very British Kinder egg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pork. Maybe not a miniature. A, maybe not a lead miniature, but, but you're just some, sort of, some sort of miniature. Uh, but uh, so Medbury Miniatures uh, caught my eye uh, for one reason, really. Uh, and that is that they make dwarves. But that's mm. not the main reason why I wanted to show this off. Because whilst you might look, might look at this site and immediately go, well, isn't it all just a bunch of Middle Earthy miniatures? Yes. And in many cases, it is. There's also a lot of very, very cool medieval uh, English stuff in there mm. as well. So there are Scotsmen and all sorts of different badass stuff that you could use for um, Baron's War and everything in between as well. But so Middle Earth, Middle Earth English then. So Minglish. 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 Portmanteaus just keep yeah. on coming. Uh, so yes, there's middle. Uh, I guess there's Middle Earth in both senses of the word. There's the real history and the uh, made-up history by Tolkien, I suppose. Although not really Tolkien, because these are not Middle Earth miniatures at all. No, <laughs> these are Minglish. Yeah. Minglish miniatures, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they've done a whole host of different collections so far. They've done your elves. They've done dwarves. They've done a whole host of different things. What's quite nice about a lot of the stuff here is that it kind of fills in the gaps that were left by Games Workshop during that kind of period where they weren't really creating anything uh, and for those people that want to have updated plastic well i guess in this case resin uh models to kind of work as your sort of core troops in the game that's kind of where they're trying to uh, sort of build up a nice collection here so you've got stuff that could be used to represent the likes of rivendell or um, lothlorien depending on how you wanted to go about it uh, and uh, I think all of the miniatures are very, very nice. Um, I've seen some printed versions of a lot of the dwarves of the Sapphire, Hill, Sapphire Hills, mm -hmm. which is in no way the Blue Mountains. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, they've come out really, really well. Um, but um, yeah, I know a lot of people who've picked these up and used them as these as alternatives for Middle Earth. I know a lot of people who've used them for Oathmark and everything as well in between. Um, but yeah, really no, nice. No, but got it. There's not an elven bard with a lamb bag there since you've got one with the flute. <laughs> What I really like, if you click on the, so that Arna doing, Arna doing captain that's sort of down the way there. This one. That gives you a good idea. So one of the other things they've done is they've tried to create really cool characters to fill in like the likes of Arnor and stuff. So if you are someone who wants to play that kind of Lost Realms area of stuff in Middle Earth, uh, up in Eriador, I know I'm just saying a bunch of words that some people are going, what? <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh, definitely a collection you want to go and check out and, and play around with. Use these along the like side, the likes of Malbeth the Seer and, and those really cool characters. <laughs> And, uh, Fit in very well with uh, the old Perry sculpt Empire oh, trips as yes, well. Very much so. Very very good for that. Yeah, mm. but um, just you, it gives you a little little bit of a clue of the different kinds of stuff they've been working on. Uh, if you scroll down as well on that yes. main page, you'll see there's like William the William Wallace. There's kings. There's whole host of different clansmen and all different things you can use. You've got your Such French nuts. and uh, English knights that they've built for this game. Uh, well, for this game, for this range as well. That can be used in the Baron's War and all that kind of good stuff. All looking very nice indeed. 
Um, as I say, very nice sculpts, full of motion, mm. lots of individuality and uniqueness, all that kind of stuff, which is always good to see. And uh, really a nice. nice opportunity for someone who wants to do some 3D printing, mainly because you see a lot of 3D printing for... Um, fantasy sort of, and sci-fi. Yeah, fantasy yeah. and sci-fi, but you don't necessarily, necessarily see the same thing for historical. And so it's True. nice to see that... Well, I suppose you see it for World War II, uh, mm. in, in, to, to, to varying degrees, but you don't often see it for the medieval period. No. And I think this uh, sort of fills in a nice gap. The other thing that's really nice about this stuff is that I think it works quite well proportion-wise, even, well, from looking at it, with a lot of the Fireforge stuff, mm. especially in the kind of slightly more uh, exaggerated elements of the models and things. Uh, so I think if you're looking to pick up things from Fireforge, these would work quite nicely alongside those. They'd be cool. But, they are excellent. Yeah. I really like them. I know you really want me to open a dwarf. I might have a look at a dwarf in a while. Don't worry. We'll take a look at some wooden sticks, though. To be fair, I was just as impressed with the medieval stuff as I was with the dwarves. So it's not like I'm a one-trick pony, although mm. I probably am. If I knew the name of the yeah. pony from Lord of the Rings, I would name Sam. it now. <laughs> there we go. I'm one-trick Sam. Uh, but yeah, so you got your awesome archers and everything you could use in your games. I love that it comes with the little palisades and all that kind of stuff mm. as well. The little, not palisades, wooden stakes. Sticks. Stick yeah. sticks. Palisades are an actual wall. So, yeah. See, now we're looking at ranges that might actually tell me to get a 3D printer. <laughs> well, there we go. Like, how cool is that? That There is some stuff out there that would make people go, you know, they wouldn't necessarily go down the route of printing off World War II stuff or something, but, you know, with med- with medievals. You've got a really do good we, reason to dive in. So, do they come pre-supported? I don't know. Uh, if you if we look at we, the we info tab, yeah. it will say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, because they are, because I I'd be a big I'd be a lot more interested if they were definitely coming pre-supported because that just makes things so much easier. It did say something about supports on that info thing, which we'll look at in a second when Jerry has showed off these lovely knights. Knights. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I always love there's something cool about knights in that kind of like the the mix of plate armor with the chain mail and the mm. tabards and the uh and everything else it just it, looks so cool. Yeah. It also looks like they've had to spend a long time waiting to get dressed. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of effort going into all yeah. that. They are they are come with unsupported STLs, Spiders. supported STLs and Good. a lychee slicer scene, whatever that know. means. So, yeah. Lychee, I'm not a fan of the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> but if their slice is just the job, then, uh, yeah. yeah. Does he look like Patrick McGowan? You tell me, Jerry. Not really. <laughs> kind of everything. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I really like that they've built up this really nice little collection of medieval stuff um, for people. Um you know, a lot, a lot of the sort of medieval ranges that are out there tend to be in metal, I would say. Mm. Uh, God's own material. Yeah. But if you're looking to do a lot of stuff at home, then this is definitely one to, to have a look okay. at. So, yep. go on then. What dwarf do you want to look at? There's a guy with bagpipes there. Down the right bottom, bottom right corner. Yeah, you've got your Scottish pikemen, commanders. And Saxons. Saxon. Oh, God, the Saxons are great. <laughs> look, uh, look how great he is. Look at him with his little dragon banner. Uh, it makes a sound when the wind goes through it. <laughs> still not being able to work out how that works. Yeah. I watched some people fail at trying to make it happen, yeah. which is a bit of a shame. Look at him. How cool away. is those guys? 
I love the chat with his sword raised up and the, the big beard. Oh, amazing. See. Yeah. It could be the Bruce's brother. Send him off to Ireland to get killed. Ah. Look Man, at them all properly ranked up as well. Can't stand bagpipe music, but I kind of like it. Oh. <laughs> Square bases like nature intended. Yeah. You can't have a pike unit without being wanked up, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, a very Asian core. They, they do a whole, <laughs> they do such a really nice section of stuff because, uh, like, for the medieval period, they do lots of the different sort of smaller factions within that. Mm. And then for sort of Middle Earthy type, type stuff, they do dwarves, they do elves, they do sort of halfling type creature, uh, creatures. Halfling type fellows. Oh, creatures, as well. you're right. Creatures. Uh, you've got sort of like Khan and Rune in there as well. You've got your orcs and your goblins and everything in between, too, which is always nice. Prices look pretty good as well. Rising Sun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially for like a fair whack of miniatures as well. Yep. So, um, it lacks men with metally heads. Are cool. oh, so amazing. So cool. I want them, but I don't have a 3D printer. <laughs> They're not that expensive anymore, Ben. The moose mount. Yeah, that's true. So you if you've got a fan wheel that you want uh, yeah. mounted on a moose, you can now have one. So, yeah. That's something that they can do. And look at those big old shoes that he's wearing. <laughs> that's the basing. That's yeah. yeah well, we imagine that was this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I also wanted to bring up their tribe because their latest stuff is mm-hmm. very cool for those people who are interested in kind of Dark Age. So you've got Beowulf, which is very cool, uh, stepping in as a new character, looking badass alongside some of his Huskarls. Very cool. Everybody's dead. And then you've also got a few more 13th century warriors as well. Um, Alas, that is not. No uh, bigger picture. Must pay to unlock bigger pictures. But look. Billman. Billman. And Beowulf. Billman Bill, and Beowulf. Billman's <laughs> a good time because um, never mind the Bill Hooks is about to get a proper actual yes. release as well from uh, Dave. It so is, that's yeah. quite good. Yeah. If you're after some of those. And then Hobbity types. Little hobbits. Little tiny hobbits. Yeah. Annoying everybody by being little tiny hobbits. So if you're looking to do the uh, scouring of the Shire or if you're looking to play out the last days of the kingdom of Arnor, where the 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 halflings, the, <laughs> the hobbits, were sent north. Sure, and all died. Oh, uh, well, then uh, no, spoilers. You. <laughs> no, did we really look language. through all of that and only bring up one set of dwarves? Yeah. Well, I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even bring up. We have limited time. So. <laughs> we didn't even bring up the dwarven cataphracts. Did, did you want to see the dwarven cataphracts? Yeah, I did. I yeah. even think they're goat-based yeah, cataphracts as well. So. <laughs> oh, well. I will bring up the dwarven cataphracts just for you, lad. Uh, once I find where they live, what are that, they? That, they're that, giant that, wolves. That fiver you're paying me, Ben, just, just post it to me. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's see if we can come across a dwarf mounted on a ghost and heavily armoured oh. somewhere in the Melton Mowbray pies. So here we are, dwarvy bits. I, but I thought they were near the top. They're right up the so, top. Are they right yeah. at the top? Oh, I can only see people on chariots up the top. I wasn't even paying attention. Here you come. Here you come. Here you come. Right up the top. Right up there. Down. 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 You keep there. that down, but, but if, I, if I go down, right on the I'll, left. I'll go there, past them. Click yeah. them. You yeah. know you want That's to. That's one. That's yeah. on my cursor. That one. Yeah. The, <laughs> the, the urge to close that was so massive. You have no idea. <laughs> Look at those. 
Oh, crap. Job, These are actually really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this truly is the reason for you to have a uh, 3D printer. They've got uh, horns looking not dissimilar to Mr. Whippy ice cream. <laughs> or, you know, that Indian fellow with the world's longest toenails. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, a... yeah. That'd be a good way to paint them. All yellow and. Uh. Yeah. Very cool stuff. It's a little ship banner. A little, little ship banner. The twirly horns is the only thing I actually don't like. I think they're too twirly for me. Get snicked. <laughs> once, once you've impaled your opponent, how are you going to get the twirly horns back out again? It's like a barb. Mm. Just be trapped. Go has to like turn over on a lefty loosey, righty tighty. That's it. Oh, just corkscrewing. Just hit yeah. the people and then just go. <laughs> when you pull them back out with a big lump of flesh right in there. So that's the Medbury Miniatures 3D printing then. Mm-hmm. Go and check and, it out. And Melton Mowbray if you're after a pie. <laughs> Similar but different. Right. With a miniature in it. Yeah, with a miniature in it. <laughs> no guarantee your home may be at risk if you do not keep up repayments. Did you win one of our prizes? Find out on our prize claim centre over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Finishing off this week, we're going to take a look at uh, a relatively timely Kickstarter, uh, considering the month and the the season, which is the heart of darkness, Ben. Yes. Uh, So this is a survival horror board game that uh, I believe Free talked about actually a couple of months ago Mm. that is now available on Kickstarter from The Moon Grill. Not The Mongrel, The Moon Grill. Uh, And this is a survival co-op board game for you to dive into and play with your friends. You can either play it by yourself or you can play Mm. with up to four people if you like. Um, The idea of the game is that you have been stranded on an island in the middle of nowhere as one of uh, a set of unique protagonists, each with their own skills and abilities. And you are trying to race around the island, picking up possessions, artifacts and crafting all sorts of different things, trying to stop the strange creatures from the beyond that are being summoned around the board. As the game progresses, uh, creatures will be brought onto the tabletop and will spawn at different locations, and they will make their way uh, by the shortest path possible towards the heart of darkness that lies in the middle of the game board. Um, If they get there, they will start to make everything on the island just that little bit worse as you play through the game, and events will become more deadly and the effects of things that happen during the game will also become more perilous. Um, to stop these creatures, you will have to get into their way. You will have to fight them in hand-to-hand combat with whatever you can find. You will have to lay traps yeah. for them by finding all sorts of different things. You will have to be sick by watching the video. And, it's <laughs> <laughs> and you will also be trying to use your sanity in order to prevail against the strange creatures that live out there. Um The game has a bunch of sort of replay value built into it because of the fact that you can play as different characters and they will come with different ideas. Um, Every single time that a new turn or a new game round comes around, creatures will spawn at various different locations. And so you'll have to deal with the way that they approach the Heart of Darkness. Um, The event card deck will change lots of different things as well, uh, meaning that you might come up against harder enemies or softer enemies or enemies that are quicker and all sorts of different things in between. Uh, The game art also looks lovely as well, Mm. which is always a big plus. There is also a lovely twist in the game as well. So the game 
uh, actually comes with a rule about communication. Now, you can talk about whatever you like. You can talk about the football. You can talk about the pub. You can talk about food. But you can't talk about the tactics you're using in the game unless you spend communication tokens. So there's a real sense of being lost on the island and separated from your friends as you're trying to work together. However, if you're in the same spot, you can talk as much as you like with your friend and try and talk about all the different things you want to try and do tactically in order to stop the, oh God. Um, but I really love that little addition of, of that rule into the game because I think it makes things a little bit more tense and a little bit uh, scarier, which is what you want from a game like this, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. it's interesting because you often see, and uh, not just, well, not in board games so much, but in RPGs, uh, you always have that thing between character knowledge and player knowledge where just because you're sitting around the table and you know what your friends have been told your character shouldn't know that. And I yes. like the idea of actually bringing that into the game where you're not in the same place. Therefore, why should your character actually know what he's planning to do in advance unless you've managed to communicate it in some way? Yeah, like do you do you risk that communication token now to try and get across something that you think might be quite plain to everybody else at the table? Mm. Or do you sort of save it for a later date and that kind of thing as well? It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, the the thing that I really liked about it is that it's got all those survival horror elements built into the game itself and the way that the scenarios play out. But it's also got like almost like a tower defense element to it mm-hmm. because you will always know, well, you won't know where the creatures will spawn, but you know that they're going to take the quickest path to the heart of darkness on the board. Mm. So you can plan ahead and plot and lay your traps and that kind of thing. So I, I love that little strategic element that's been built on top of the survival experience, which is really nice. Uh, and if you can last the whole time and escape off the island, then well done you. Mm. So yeah. Very nice. Uh, comes with a bunch of additional bits and pieces. Mm. So you can get a neoprene mat and uh, they've got lots of things unlocking sort of um, upgrades to the game components and all that kind of thing as well, which is always nice. Uh, and new protagonists and all sorts of different things too. Um, they did do a game before this, which is called like the Dungeons of Dragmar or something. There it is. So if you want to pick up that game, you can get that too. But this has kind of been a refined product, they said. So a lot of the lessons they learned with the last game, uh, they have sort of brought into the Heart of Darkness in order to make it a much more smooth experience. And I don't think mechanically the game is that uh, hard to get your head around. Yeah. Basically, everything I've told you now is pretty much how you play the game, really. So, yeah. it's, it's a fascinating little jaunt into As everybody knows, I love my 1920s Cthulhu. I will say the idea of setting traps by using dark mystical rites, never do that. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, just because you have a spell book and can learn a spell doesn't mean you should use that spell book or that spell. Very true. Sanity yeah. is limited. It's easier to feed your companions yeah. to whatever it is and then run away. Just always feed your companions to whatever the creeping unknown is, but then run away. And if needs be, you can always grab the opiates and deal with it that way. <laughs> I like Try the um, I like yeah. the tokens to communicate. I can just think of Justin paying for a token to use his walkie-talkie to me, talk to me, and I'll be at the other side of the table going, shh, bad connection, shh, <laughs> <laughs> can't hear anything, just totally frustrated. I've just spent my token, shh, can't hear nothing. <laughs> It's uh, probably some sort of interference from Aurora Borealis. We're nowhere near the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> Can't, no, sorry. It's not, not helping. But yeah, like I say, the, uh, the artwork is absolutely stunning as well. It really is. Yeah. I like that uh, very harsh shading and highlighting. So it should be a fascinating little game. Uh, 26 days left on that, already yep. funded. So definitely one to take a look at. There's a few 
how to plays there as well from Board Game Geek and Tabletopia, I think, is kicking around at the bottom for people to explore. You can download the rule book and all that kind of good stuff as well. So go and have fun with it. Yeah. So you fascinating. Just in time for uh, Halloween. His favorite time of the year from Moongrel. (laughs) I quite like the Moongrel thing as well, to be fair. There's even a little story about the moon grill in their bio, which is always nice. Sweet to the beach. We'll leave that as a little little Easter eggy nugget for people to find themselves. Uh, But that wraps it up for another weekend. My God, that was a big one. I feel spent. Good luck, Justin. Yes. Thank God, thank God that's over because I got a load of 3D print to go look at. Damn. <laughs> right. We shall return for our cultists on Sunday morning. You can join us over on tabletop.com uh, for some relaxing hobby time where you can digest everything that we've been up to over the past seven days. If not, we shall return next Friday for more of the same. Until then, have a great week of gaming. Bye bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.